Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Um, this is the games that, you know, I envision playing for this program, big games like this. I consider a legacy game for the whole program. Um, these are games that you, you want to play in. <clears throat> Excuse me. These are games that, you know, you you dream of playing in. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this was the, the main reason, one of the main reasons I decided to come back to playing games like this. Welcome in to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher here with you. And let's get you ready for the first top five showdown for Illinois basketball since the NCAA championship game in 2005. Number five, Illinois, the highest ranking they have had in 15 years, will take on number two, Baylor, uh, one of the best programs in the country for the last several years here. On Wednesday night, it's a 9 p.m. Central tip-off uh, and 10 Eastern time in Indianapolis for the Jimmy V Classic. And for Illinois, this is a great opportunity to get back on the national stage. They are on the national stage, but also to stay there. Of course, for a lot of Illini fans, this non-conference game has a lot of similarities to 15, 16 years ago uh, when Illinois, number five in the country at the time, took on number one Wake Forest and they absolutely, Darren Williams, D. Brown, Lutherhead, James Augustine, Roger Powell and the crew, absolutely demolished Chris Paul and number one Wake Forest for a 91-73 victory that put them at number one in the rankings uh, for the first time in a long time and kept them there for the entire season until they lost in the national championship game to North Carolina. So for Illinois, this is that kind of opportunity. Of course, they are playing one of the toughest opponents in the country and what is a huge week for Baylor as they host Illinois or play Illinois in Indianapolis on Wednesday. And then they turn around on Saturday and play number one Gonzaga. So for Baylor, a lot is on the line as well as they could have the number one ranking with a bullet as a unanimous pick if they win both these games this week. And Baylor has lived up to all of the hype. They split a lot of the number one votes in the preseason poll with Gonzaga. Gonzaga had a very impressive first week that included a pretty big victory over number six Kansas at the time. Uh, So Gonzaga looks fantastic in the early going, uh, but Baylor has an opportunity here to prove itself as as the number one team in the country this week. And they have looked it uh, as well for the first two games uh, as they demolished their first two opponents of the season, including a 32-point win, 34-point win over Washington. Uh, So they have made 28 of 56 threes through two games. And Illinois, of course, with two big victories over lower-level opponents, 
opponents, North Carolina, A&T, and Chicago State, uh, got a scare in their third game, needing uh, some heroics from Io DeSumo, making free throws with just a couple seconds left, but they were down to Ohio with just seven seconds remaining. A great game from Jason Preston, including the go-ahead bucket uh, with seven seconds left. But Illinois ekes out a victory, uh, which is uh, more fortunate some other top-ranked teams the past week uh, have been able to do with Villanova, Virginia, uh, all falling uh, to some way lower-ranked opponents. So Illinois survives its first three games. They they learn something about themselves against Ohio, but a much bigger test ahead on Wednesday night, which is why this is so much fun. We get to learn so much more about Illinois basketball. And we'll have a podcast later this week with Deion Thomas on Wednesday, uh, breaking down what he's learned about Illinois and what this game uh, against Baylor means from the Illinois perspective. Uh, So we'll talk with the Illini great coming up uh, in the next 24 hours or so. But today I wanted to focus on the Illini's opponent. And I wanted to learn a lot more about the Illini's opponent. It's almost like a football uh, preview. You know, basketball, we don't get as much into the game-to-game because there's such quick turnarounds. But this is one of the biggest Illinois basketball games in a long time. So I felt like we needed a full breakdown of the opponent. And we got just that. Tim Watkins, he is the publisher for BearsIllustrated.com, the 24-7 sports site for Baylor, and he gave us a fantastic breakdown, not only of why Baylor is the number two team in the country and all of their great players, but also their great coach and Scott Drew, who has done an unbelievable job with this program over the last decade and a half. We also talked to Tim about what this game means from the Baylor perspective as well. So let's chat about the Baylor Bears, the number two basketball team in the country, the Illini, number five ranked basketball teams. Uh, next opponent on the schedule, Tim Watkins, BearsIllustrated.com, joins us next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast. And boy, we are getting excited here in Champaign for the first top five matchup for Illinois basketball in 15 years. The last time was the NCAA championship game in 2005 when Illinois lost to North Carolina. And on the other end of this one is a program that's been good for a long time, probably underrated a bit nationally, but this could be the best team they've had in a while. Let's talk about the number two ranked Baylor Bears with Tim Watkins, who covers Baylor for BearsIllustrated.com. He is the publisher of the Baylor site at 24-7 Sports, part of that network, uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at Tim Watson04. Tim, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, huge basketball game. I can't wait for it. Yeah, it, it's a big one. It was uh, one that Baylor fans had circled, and in, in originally when the schedule came out, it was going to be the middle game of the top 10 matchups with Villanova, supposed to happen uh, this past weekend and Thanksgiving week, and then the Gonzaga game, which is still scheduled for, for Saturday. Illinois was kind of the, the middle one that everybody wasn't uh, looking at, but with Illinois uh, not happening last week due to Scott Drew being uh, COVID positive, Illinois is really the first big test for the Baylor Bears after two uh, 
pretty big wins, large uh, wins in terms of volume uh, over Washington and Louisiana Raging Cajuns this weekend as they scrambled to get a couple of games in before placing uh, playing the uh, top five ranked uh, Illinois. Yeah, well, let's start here, Tim, because Scott Drew is is an interesting figure in college basketball. Uh, and I know Baylor is such a football school. I know Waco. I think of Waco and my wife's always watching Chip and Joanna Gaines. So that, that's what people think about probably first when they think of Waco is uh, some of those things. But um, wh- what is Scott Drew? What kind of figure is he uh, in Baylor and at Baylor, given what he's done with that basketball program? I think it's fair to say that whenever he chooses to retire, and, and even though he's been at Baylor for 16 years now, he just turned 50 uh, this past mm-hmm. year. Uh, whenever he chooses to finish up, he's going to have a statue in front of the stadium. He has resurrected a program that many left for dead yeah. after the, the horrific scandal under Dave Bliss in the early 2000s, actually during my time in Waco. Uh, that 2004 season was my senior year, Scott Drew's first where he took a team with six scholarship players and five walk-ons and made them at least respectable. And then slowly yet surely rebuilt from the ground up a program that had almost no success in 50 or 60 years. Um, Had had one NCAA appearance in the late 80s and really that's it and didn't even win a game. They'd gone over 50 years without winning an NCAA tournament game. And to take them to two Elite Eights, to take them to a Sweet 16, to make them a consistent NCAA tournament team over the last nine years, and to be ranked number one three out of the last five years, Mm -hmm. according to one of the polls, I don't think any Baylor fan could have predicted that, even as a best case. And Jerome Tang, who's been acting as the head coach the last two games with, with Scott Drew on the sidelines, he, he said something about last year when Baylor went to uh, West Virginia um, or three years ago when Baylor went to West Virginia for the first time as the number one ranked team in the nation and just going back in time as, as Scott Drew's lead assistant all these years saying, this is what I told recruits was going to happen. Mm. And it's actually happening. And it's beyond your wildest dreams what, what Baylor has come from and where they are now as, as one of the legitimate best teams in the nation last year and this year. Yeah, and one that pushes uh, a guy Illinois knows uh, so well, Bill Self, uh, every year in the Big 12. Well, well Tim Watkins, uh, Illini fans lament kind of losing last March because it was going to be their first tournament team in a long time. A very proud basketball program here, and, and they had a dangerous team heading into March, but uh, Baylor was 26-4 and four, uh, with, with a, a great team, obviously, what was lost with that program not having a chance at March Madness uh, last March? It was devastating and really a, a chance to win a Big 12 title, something Baylor has never done, either a regular season with Kansas pretty much winning all of them in the history of the Big 12, and then a tournament title, which Baylor has come close a few times losing in the finals. Um, it was a chance to put another banner up, uh, a, a Baylor Bears banner, not a Lady Bears banner. We've got a few of those <laughs> national titles and about 11 uh, Big 12 championships in a row. But the Bears don't have a lot of banners up there. They've got a lot of Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, but they don't have a championship. 
And make no mistake, Baylor was going to be a number one seed, even if they lost in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. They were likely going to be a number one, or worst case, the top number two team. So in a serious conversation to make a Final Four run, something, again, that, that Baylor hasn't done in modern basketball. The only time they made a Final Four was when the NIT was the bigger tournament in the early and mid-50s. So it was, a, it was a stolen opportunity, and one that, that a lot of Baylor fans were worried with the possibility of losing three key players that all chose to return in a forward slash center Mark Vidal in point guard Jared Butler and in wing Macy Oteague all three of those guys were legitimate candidates to continue their professional career elsewhere uh, go to the NBA in Jared Butler's case likely looking to overseas careers for Mark Vidal and Macy Oteague they all came back and that's when Baylor fans said all right we, we can do this again we're going to be one of the best teams in the country uh, with a Gonzaga with a Villanova with a Virginia with a Kansas we're likely going to be the big 12 favorites entering the year something that Baylor has never done uh, so we have a preseason all-american we have a number one ranked team in the big 12 preseason polls we have the number one team in the coaches poll in the preseason so there's there's lots of positives for a season that could hopefully replicate a lot of the regular seasons success Baylor had last year, but set new precedents in the postseason and, and reach heights that Baylor hasn't achieved in, you know, 70 years. You mentioned all those guys who came back, and it's, it kind of reminds you of Illinois with run it back, but these guys are even more proven. Uh, let's start with uh, Jared Butler, uh, the AP preseason All-American. And boy, we get a great showdown of two preseason All-Americans in Butler and Io DeSumo. What makes Butler so good and, and a guy like DeSumo who – uh, very well could have just made the leap to the NBA. Absolutely. I mean, Butler was likely going to be a, a early second round draft choice, and he chose to come back to really improve his stock. He's he's just a, such a silky, smooth player. That's the first thing you see from him. He has an excellent ability of getting on to wherever he wants on the court. Um, he is a very strong three-point shooter, a career 37%. He's shooting a ridiculous 58% right now from the behind the arc. Um, one of the things that he really focused on was really improving his athleticism, adding a couple of inches to his vertical. He tried a tomahawk jump uh, dunk over a six foot ten guy uh, Sunday, which would have been absolutely absurd. It, it hit the back of the rim, but but the last two years he wasn't making those plays. So athletically, you're seeing a more explosive Jared Butler. Uh, he's a little bit quicker. He's got a tremendous floater game, a good mid-range game. He's a strong shooter from the three-point range out to NBA level, so you're going to have to cover him wide. Uh, he's a guy that is a strong defender, a brilliant uh, ball handler, an average passer, does struggle with turnovers a little bit, not an elite passer, um, but he's a guy that, that just can score the ball in a multitude of ways, is excellent at getting onto the court where he wants to be and getting a shot up even against elite defenders. I mean, he, he had his way against Marcus Garrett, the preseason um, uh, player of the year and the player of the, a defensive player of the year last year uh, nationwide. Uh, Garrett said uh, Jared Butler was by far his toughest cover uh, last season. So that's a testament to what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. Well, and he's flanked by one of the deepest and, and best and probably most experienced backcourts uh, in the country, which is big reason Baylor uh, is getting number one votes in the country. Uh, fill us out with the, the rest of that backcourt and what makes those guys, each of them so good and, and why they fit so well together. Absolutely. You're, you're really looking at a four, maybe even five-man rotation led by Jared Butler. So there's guards upon guards upon guards. Baylor uses a three-guard rotation. 
and in a lot of my preseason reviews, the team that I really kind of compared their upside to was actually a team you guys should be very familiar with is that Lutherhead, D. Brown, mm-hmm. Darren Williams trio of backcourt guys, six foot three, strong, experienced guys, a lot of scoring options, good athleticism, good defense. There's a lot of similarities there, even though I think Deron Williams and D. Brown were significantly higher recruited guys. Uh, you know, Maceo Teague and Donovan Mitchell, you know, Teague wasn't really even a top 100 guy. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was on the back end of that. Jared Butler was around 50 to 60. So these guys have developed in the program. They're all multi-year players, redshirted at Baylor uh, with Teague and Mitchell. Uh, you know, Butler came in, was actually going to be in a, a Crimson Tide playing for Alabama, um, but but decided to flip over to Baylor right before the start of the season. And um, it, it's, it's really a group that has a dynamic way of impacting the court, rebounding-wise with Teague, shooting-wise, with all three of them defensively where uh, Donovan Mitchell is, is a tremendous defender and then uh, Jared Butler really being the, the stir of the drink, so to speak, uh, that really makes things happen on both sides of the court. Yeah, obviously a handful uh, in that backcourt, uh, but we look at the front court, and they did have to replace uh, Gillespie, who's one of their key players uh, in the post, I believe their, their top rebounder. Uh, you mentioned Vital coming back, which is, uh, he's an interesting uh, forward, I believe, and then a guy I know Illinois recruited, Flo Thon- at center, um, Illinois with Kofi Coburn. He's obviously a handful at seven foot two eighty five, and and such a presence on the glass. Uh, how would you kind of break down what Baylor has in the front court? I mean, Mark Vidal is is again just an impactful player. Um, he he's a guy that you never have to draw up a play for. Um, he's going to get you, you know, four to eight points. He might get double digit points every once in a while, but but his job is to do all the dirty work, set the screens, defend the best post player, and he can guard one through five. Um, he is a very burly six foot five. Um, I, I, they have him listed at 230 pounds. I don't think that's accurate. Um, I think he's probably closer to 245 to mm-hmm. even 250. He can bang down low. Baylor will actually play him at the five and then four guards around him. They show that against Washington, especially when, with Washington being a heavy zone team that allowed them to really rotate the ball and move the ball. And they went on a, a massive streak whenever Washington really tried to go a little bit smaller. They just put, uh, we call it the five it's Mark Vidal with four guards around him, and it's extremely explosive. And he's a guy that he's gonna he's gonna make you mad. He's gonna foul you hard. He's gonna block you out. He's gonna jump over a guy that's five or six inches taller than him and get a rebound. He's gonna swing those elbows and do all the dirty work. The question for Baylor, to your point earlier, is really replacing Freddie Gillespie, which really fit what the Bears wanted to do on offense and defense to a glove. He had steady hands. He could finish within 8 to 12 feet. He was an extremely strong rebounder, and he could guard out on the perimeter with his quick feet. Right now, Flo Thamba has been starting. He's been really a complimentary role player his first few years. Uh, Really, I'm more excited about uh, the sophomore transfer from UNLV, Jonathan Chama Tachua. I just call him JTT because I always butcher his name. (laughs) He's 6'8", he's 245 pounds, and he really looks like, to me, the Freddie Gillespie of this year. He struggled with hands a little bit and just catching some of those dump-off passes. He's he's had a, a few too many turnovers. But from a guy that just has the energy, the motor, 
uh, a strong rebounder, extremely long uh, arms and ability to, to, to block shots, can cover Matt more out on the perimeter than a flow Thamba would be, who's a little bit slower footed. Um, so it's going to be an interesting center rotation as they rely on JTT, as they rely on Thamba, as they plug in Vital for five to eight minutes a game, try to give them a spark a little bit when the matchups are right. So that center that center position is really the big thing to watch for the Bears because you know, Freddie Gillespie really was a key aspect, especially with uh, Tristan Clark recovering from injury and he never could get back and unfortunately had to medically retire. Uh, so now the Bears just are a little bit less deep on that post position with Clark. Mark no longer on the roster. So now it's down to JTT, Flo Thamba, and then the, the beast in the middle, Mark Vidal. Yeah, it feels like the one potential weakness in the Death Star they have there uh, with this Baylor basketball team. Um, for, for people who haven't watched, Illini fans who haven't watched them, what, what kind of style of play? Uh, you're seeing a lot of threes uh, this year, 28 threes through two games. That'll do um, for any team. But what's what do they try to do offensively, and what's kind of their identity defensively? You know, uh, offensively, it's a spread out. It's a, it's a really a four out. Vital will be out in the corner, usually not as a three-point threat. That's been a struggle of his as a shooter, um, but really diving in and getting dunks and offensive rebounds is his game offensively. Uh, so really surrounding an interior postman with three elite shooters. And, and Teague and Butler and Flagler and Cryer making no mistake are elite shooters. Donovan Mitchell is improving in that area. Um, he's going to be better. Uh, he's, he's definitely not an elite shooter. He's the one guy that you probably want shooting from deep. But uh, his ability is to get into the lane and really find those guys, either a dump off interior uh, to one of the centers or vital or kick it out to an open three-pointer. Uh, they really move the ball well. It's a very unselfish team. Uh, so you're going to see it go around the world so to speak on those extra passes finding the open guy it's really a fun style of basketball to watch offensively defensively uh they they really adopted and adapted from a two three zone defense which they pretty much played exclusively just two three years ago last year they really mimicked what texas tech had done and what people saw uh two seasons ago in, in the national championship game really that no middle defense um they play in a Aggressive man defense with uh, Donovan Mitchell and Mark Vidal being elite uh, on the ball and off the ball defenders. Uh, they really don't have a weak spot in the front uh, or in the uh, the starting five. You know, Cryer and Flagler, it's still to be seen uh, what they can do defensively. Matthew Meyer, uh, reserve kind of wing uh, post player, has been picked on defensively a little bit. But this is, again, if they can find a semi-competent replacement for what uh, Freddie Gillespie provided, this should still be a top 10. 10 to 15 defense with maybe the most explosive offense in, in, in NCAA basketball this year. Well, it's obviously a really tough matchup for Illinois. And, and Tim, this is obviously for Illinois, their biggest chance in a long time to be on center stage, to be on the national stage. Uh, Baylor is going to be on it for multiple times this week because they got number one Gonzaga later in the week with probably the chance to be the number one team in the country. So what's this game against Illinois mean for, for Baylor? It's another chance, you know, you know, talking to a uh, coach Tang who was acting as the head coach the last few weeks, Scott Drew is expected to join the team in Indianapolis on Tuesday. That's the plan. As long as he continues to progress from the quarantine after uh, testing positive for COVID-19, you know, as a, as a coach Tang said this weekend, it, it's just another chance to play basketball. And after last spring was, 
taken away from them. Uh, I think the Bears, among pretty much any team that was in a position to really make an impact in the postseason play like Illini were as well, has to be respectful and appreciative of that fact. Any game at any moment can be canceled this year. We've seen that in football and professional sports and in college, of course. We've seen the Bears already have games, three games canceled uh, this season. So understanding that you, you might not be able to play all the games in your schedule and you probably won't be able to. So I think first and foremost, it's just being appreciative of having a chance to play another basketball game. Secondly, it's, it's going to be a tough test. If Baylor comes in here expecting just to roll out and beat Illinois, they're going to get beat. Um, Illinois is definitely good enough to beat a Baylor team, even on a good night. Um, if they come in expecting to win and then just looking at Gonzaga, they're going to lose. Um, you know, Illinois is too good of a team to be able to just roll the ball out and say, all right, we're going to beat these guys. You know, for lack of a better word, they're not Washington, who right. they played against on Sunday and beat by 32 points, leading by 35 uh, halfway through the second half. Um, so it's going to be a test for them. It's it's They haven't played. Uh, a team as good as this, obviously. So hopefully they'll be able to be focused, ready to go, um, and hopefully they'll have their head coach back, uh, ready to call the plays and lead the Bears. Yeah, I was going to say um, I, that could be an X factor for them. But uh, any, any keys to this matchup that that you see uh, against Illinois that that Baylor needs to take care of to take care of business? Yeah, I I, I think it, it's really going to come down to making sure that Baylor plays within themselves. Um, you can't get too excited. Uh, to be playing a top 10 team. And it's something that Baylor has done quite a bit over the last few years, obviously, in league play against Kansas, two sensational uh, uh, games last year, beating Kansas for the first time at Allen Hill and Allen Fieldhouse over the program's history, and then losing a, an extremely competitive game in Waco later in the year where, where college game day was there. So understanding that, you know, Baylor is good enough to play their good game and win this. So you have to be able to play within yourself, not get too high, not get too amped up, not fall into the trap of being too caught up in what's ahead of you, appreciating what you have right there, playing it one one possession at a time rather than looking at the big picture. Great stuff. Can't wait for this game. Illinois is going to learn a lot about itself. And for Baylor, it's mm-hmm. a chance this week to possibly get a number one ranking uh, at the end of it, and maybe unanimous if they sweep this week. Tim Watkins, publisher of BearsIllustrated.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, follow him on Twitter at TimWatkins04. Tim, can't uh, thank you enough for the breakdown. That was great. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to a great game on Wednesday. Great stuff from Tim Watkins, BearsIllustrated.com. Check him out there. You can also follow him on Twitter, at TimWatkins04. You hear that breakdown, and it sounds like Baylor's a national title contender, right? Well, Tim's not a homer. They are. They have looked fantastic in the opening uh, go. And you know Illinois probably going to be... I don't know, seven and a half, eight point underdogs. I've seen some from early lines, and that makes sense. That, that makes sense given Baylor's domination, given Baylor's uh, in, in the early going here, given Baylor's experience. I think they have a depth advantage uh, in the backcourt over Illinois, which not many teams are able to see. Um, but also, you know, they've been tested a little bit more. They they are more proven, uh, being twenty four and six last year. Uh, but Illinois is a formidable opponent for them. When you got Io Desumu, uh, a good backcourt with uh, Demonte Williams, Trent Frazier, uh, Adam Miller, Andre Curbelo. And then I-, I think the key X factor here is Kofi Coburn. 
You know, Illinois doesn't have a lot of front court depth, but I do think they have the best post player in this game. So if he plays to his optimum level, uh, I think that gives Illinois an edge that Baylor doesn't quite have, even if Baylor has the edge uh, out on the perimeter and maybe at the four spot as well. So going to be a great test, going to be a fun test. Uh, and, you know, if Illinois wins this game, all of a sudden you're probably looking at a top three team going into next week. Will they be two? Will they be three? Uh, don't know. But then you, you get a top six game against Duke uh, coming up the next week. I love this kind of scheduling. Uh, even if Illinois doesn't win against Baylor, even if they lose by double digits to Baylor, uh, you test yourself. You find out a lot about yourself. You help your net rating even if you lose. Um, and you give yourself a huge opportunity for an NCAA tournament boosting uh, game whether it's a loss or, or a win. I mean, this is a a win that could be the difference of seeding line. This could be uh, a win that, that makes you a one seed at, at the end of the year. Uh, so I love this type of scheduling that Brad Underwood has had. And after a week where you didn't really help yourself with the schedule, the next couple of games certainly are going to help that net ranking. And, of course, you have the Big Ten play coming up. And, and that's key. I mean, four of the top eight teams in the country right now are in the Big Ten. So you're going to be tested night in and night out by this caliber of team. And, and even depth-wise, I mean, uh, Minnesota's got a star in Marcus Carr, right? Nebraska Northwestern should be improved this year. Uh, e- even when you think about teams like Maryland, they have some guys who can go off on you, and you got to bring it every night. So uh, I love being tested like this, and I think it's a great thing for Brad Underwood's program, and uh, we'll see how they do. It's going to be very, very exciting. As I said, coming up, Deion Thomas later this week. We'll have that up for you by Wednesday morning uh, to have so you can listen to leading you up to the Baylor game. But hope you enjoyed this podcast. As always, if you don't subscribe to us already, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get. And uh, 24-7 Sports surprisingly sent me an email this morning. If you missed out on the 75% off deal, our best deal of the year, Well, they extended our Cyber Monday offer by a day. I guess they screwed up the terms and put in December 1st in there. Uh, So take advantage of that if you haven't already. 75% off a great deal uh, annual subscription to Illini Inquirer. I'm going to have a piece up uh, kind of breaking down what the Illini football team's transfer needs could be. Uh, Derek and I went more on this huge matchup for Illinois basketball. Actually did a Q&A with Andrew Miner, who's a big basketball, uh, Baylor basketball buff as well. So you can get his breakdown of what he thinks about this game as well. Uh, So take advantage of uh, 24-7 sports, our mistake with the terms there, and take advantage of this extra day and get that 75% off deal if you missed it. All right, as always, appreciate listening to the podcast. Again, subscribe, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.